Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Dasha and I'm here with my wonderful husband. For those who don't know, John has started a car customization business. He specializes in using vinyl to do full color changes, add exterior and interior color accents, stripes, uh, wheel painting, and tinting taillights and headlights. So we call it the hit factory, you know what I'm saying? Because that's <laughs> all we do is drop hits. Just make hits. And I'll just play. Over and over and over again. If you follow either one of us on our personal social media pages, then uh, you've probably seen us tag or hashtag Lace by J5. So that's what that's about. For those who keep asking us when we're going to have children, that's our child, that's our baby. <laughs> I, well, that's his baby. I'm really just a caretaker in this. A caretaker? Yes. What's a caretaker to you? <laughs> just someone who... Just around the baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a caretaker. <laughs> someone who helps out when needed, but, you know... No. Can always send it back home when... No. When time, no, no, no. <laughs> helps out when needed? No. A caretaker <laughs> is responsible for taking care <laughs> all the time. Well, anyway. So, this is what we're bringing you guys to the podcast. Being in business with your spouse... Basically, we are, you know, John started this, it's his business, but I'm definitely, I wanted to be part of it. Uh, I am very particular about my name. I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast, I've been always told, if you only care about two things in this world, it's your name and your credit. So I care about my name and I want to make sure that anything that I or my husband is is attaching their name to is 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 A1, right? So... I wanted to be involved in this. I wanted to, you know, help say that I helped build it and start it and that everything that's coming out of it is is high quality, you know. You trying to pretend like you was with me shooting in the gym <laughs> so that when I blow up, I don't try to drop you like Kobe tried to drop his wife. That too. But um, <laughs> anyway, so there's definitely a lot going on within these these walls of, of being in business with your spouse. What would you say are some of the things that you've learned about, like, through working with me? What have I learned? <laughs> anything, have me? you learned anything new about working with me? Yeah, well, new about you, because, I mean, we've never worked with each other before. Exactly. Yeah. So, let's see, the first thing that I learned, I start off on a positive note, because Lord knows that I can go to the negative side, too. <laughs> well, keep it keep it honest. But um, no, the first thing that I would say I learned was you can be detail oriented and meticulous when you want to, and I think that's a little bit surprising to me because just in our everyday lives, you know, you don't. That's not something that you practice or that you exhibit on a regular basis is being detail oriented, mm -hmm. you know, or being really meticulous. But then there can be one piece of paperwork, you know, a form that we're having a customer fill out and you really dive into it and, <laughs> you know, well, no, this has got to be right and this has got to be this way and, you know, I want it to look like that and you just you really get into it. Um, but it's kind of funny because usually you don't really dive in until I say, is that it? Like you hit me with the first draft and the first draft might be really boring and I'm like, well, you can't do nothing to jazz it up. And as soon as I say that, it's like you're going in. <laughs> all the way in you'll stay up all night working on it or whatever which is cool so that's the first thing i noticed that when you want to be you can be very uh very good at handling the details now the flip side of that is when you're not really interested in something whether it's the project or the task at hand 
you are terrible to work with. <laughs> it's like working with a toddler or something. You ever been around a kid? Like, just for I'm just gonna throw something crazy out there, but just for example, let's say there's a toddler and they want you to teach them how to tie their shoe, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, all right, well, in order to tie your shoe, first you gotta cross the two laces together. And they're like, but wait, if I cross them now, how am I going to cross them later? Or why do I got to cross them now? Or this and that. But it's like, they know that they came to you for help because you're the one who knows how to do this. But at the same time, they're just like constantly pushing back, you know, and challenging everything you say. And I feel like when you don't want to be involved in a task or you're not excited about it or whatever, that is like how you act. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm here and I'm doing it just so he can't say that I wasn't here and I wasn't doing it. But I can definitely tell the difference when you like ready to be involved versus when you're just involved for the sake of it, (laughs) for the sake of being able to say it later. Like, well, I was involved. I helped. (laughs) So those are the two big things, I think. (laughs) That's interesting. Um, Those are, those are, are, that's very true. Uh, Like I, I do feel like when I'm interested in something, you definitely get um, better results out of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. You, you know, because of the nature of this business, you know, it is something that comes from my passion. It stems from my passion. So exactly. I, so I don't expect you to be as passionate about it as I am. Right. Or at least not as passionate all the time. But you know what I'm passionate about? You're passionate about what you're doing. What I'm passionate about is it being successful so right. that's why when it comes to the, the the execution phase of what you're doing cutting vinyl measuring things no I'm not that interested in it because I'm not really interested in execution but I am interested in success so if it comes to creating a template for an invoice or trying to get the pricing sheet and make sure everything is aligned and and making sense. I am a lot more detail-oriented in those things because I feel like that's my passion project. Which is fine, and I understand that. (laughs) But I also feel like um, you can't be successful unless you're executing. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you're not executing or not doing it efficiently, whatever the job is, then you won't be successful. You're going to lose your butt, you know. In time and mistakes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Overhead, all that. And so, I get it. Like I said, I, I don't expect you to be super passionate about actually putting the sticker on a car or wrapping a fender or wrapping some taillights or cutting vinyl or whatever. I don't. But I think that I'm more like, <laughs> rather than be here and be miserable through this process, just so you can say you're a part of this process, just let go. <laughs> be, ha- be hands off of it. Don't be in the middle. It's that in-between ground that kind of frustrates me a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because now it's like, well, I'm trying to do what I'm doing. I'm trusting you to do this other part, but you don't really want to do the other part, so you kind of half-assing it. So now I'm having to focus back on that, and you ask me a bunch of questions that you probably know the answer to, but you just want to ask them because you really don't want to be here doing it, and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, you know, just be hands-off, and I'll just do it. <laughs> I'd rather you be that than, like, give me all or nothing. And that's funny because, you know, I always mess with you about being... Uh, about seeing the world in in black and white, like there's no gray area. Yeah, you know, and this is one area where you're like you're not all or nothing. You would definitely give me the gray area sometimes when it comes to working on this stuff. <laughs> and this is that one time I'm like, no, give me the black or white, like either be in it or don't. Okay. Well, what I was gonna say, <laughs> what I've learned about you is that 
that you're going to make it. <laughs> Not that I didn't think that you weren't going to make it, but in working with you, I found that you, there are people who start businesses who only know what they know, whether it's like starting a paper making business or starting a law firm. All they know is paper making or what they learned in law school. They don't know necessarily how to run a business. And I think that you, I don't know if it's because your dad had his own business or, or mm-hmm. where exactly it stems from, but I think you have a good grasp on the logistical things that need to happen. Like last night, me and John were talking about invoices and I was like, do you usually send an invoice? Because uh, somebody had asked me for an invoice, but it was before we had done the work and typically I had been giving them after. So I was asking John, like, why are they asking for it before? I'm not really sure. You're supposed to give it before or after. But like, he seemed to have a pretty good grasp on that. So, <laughs> so that's what I've learned. Like you, you, you have the business. You could you could do this all on your own. I think if if you really wanted to. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, it's always better to have somebody in your corner. <laughs> yeah, but you could. So that's what I've learned, and then um, I've also learned that you get real protective of your work, which makes perfect sense because this is art for you. Right, about I'm an artist. It's, yeah. You're you're an artist, and this is a form of art for you, and and all artists are this way. But if I make a little comment, like you say, if I point out something that I'm thinking doesn't look the best or might need to be redone. It's just like front. It's like frustrating you, but it's coming from a standpoint of if I'm a customer, you know, I want this to be done right. So I'm yeah. just making sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. You're right. And I, I am protective <laughs> of it. And the reason is it's tough because of course I'm looking at you like somebody who has no idea what the hell is going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and not you know so much on the business part, because I know you understand what we're trying to accomplish here and what I'm doing. But when it comes to the technical part and me actually doing the work, the hands-on portion of it, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like you don't have a good grasp on what it takes. I, just, I was going to say, but I ask questions, though. So the difference is I'll be like, hey, is this supposed to be here? Or, you know, is this a step? In the process, or what? <laughs> I ask. Do I not ask? You do ask questions, but those aren't the questions that you ask. Okay. Well, what do I ask? Well, let me finish what I was saying first. All right. Okay. So it's just like um, working in any profession. You feel like you're the, not to say that I'm the best out there, but just for the sake of this argument, you know, you're the professional. You're the one who knows what's going on. You know the techniques. You know how to do this job, right? And then somebody comes in who's never done this job. And, you know, has doesn't have nearly the experience in it that you do. And then all of a sudden they're like questioning why you're doing something the way you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody is going to be protective of that. You know, even with you and your daily job, you know, there's times when you're trying to explain to me what's going on at work. And I'm like, well, can't you just do that? And you got looking at me crazy. But I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I know that, you know, I have nothing. I have no kind of experience when it comes to what you do day to day. So that's what it is. That's why I'm protective of it. But I admit that, you know, and that's something I know. And as far as the questions that you're asking, you're not asking like, "Oh, is this a step?" That's not what you're asking. The que- your questions are, "What is that? Why is this here? Is this spec supposed to be here? Is that in the light, or did you mess that up?" Or like, those are the kind of questions oh, that you like, ask. Is that gonna go away, or is that gonna go away? I don't know. I mean, I hear you, but 
I, I think, you know, the tone that you ask questions in has a lot to do with it. Not just you, I mean anybody. You know, that can be make or break when you're asking somebody a question. You know, the tone that you ask it in. That's mm-hmm. the problem, you know, that people discuss all the time with text messages. A lot of times you can't tell what the tone is that was meant because you're just reading the words. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I guess like emojis and stuff like that helps. But there was a time where somebody could say, what the hell are you talking about? And you didn't know if they meant like they were cussing you out or if they were like laughing with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But so I think the tone is the biggest thing. Black owned businesses have a stigma of being like subpar and we're black yeah, and definitely. we are running a business. I don't want to be part of that stereotype. Well, that's something that we share for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's something that we share. And it's, it's interesting that your focus when it comes to the, um, being above par when it comes to being a black owned business is on the, I guess you could say the execution or, you know, doing the work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my focus when it comes to that is in the customer service because that's where I feel like those businesses usually fall short. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it goes beyond black owned, but of course, um, we're closer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just any small business, the customer service is where I see the issues lying a lot of the times. And you're somebody who loves to support small business, whether they be black or not. Or black owned or not. And so I've kind of picked up on that from you over the last few years. Sometimes I'll go to a small business now, whereas before I would just go to who I knew can get the job done. Right. You know, but since I've been doing that, I've noticed some things, you know, with the customer service and whatnot. I'm like, well, this is why, you know, we go to the giant. This is why I'm going to the corporation to get this done. Yeah. Because I don't even want to deal with this headache or this crappy service or whatever it is. Right. You know, even if they can get the job done, it might be a headache getting there. <laughs> but yeah, so my customer service is definitely one area where I focus to to ensure that you feel like you're getting that top notch service when you come see me, even though I'm not a big corporation. Yeah. So would you say I guess your biggest challenge is the biggest challenge for me and you working together is what you just talked about, like what you've learned about me. I think the biggest challenge for you and I working together is just figuring out how to use each other's strengths to benefit ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, there's areas that have to do with this business that you're great at. There's areas that have to do with it. I'm great at, and we got to figure out how to let each other get in when it's their time, Mm -hmm. you know, and not be stepping over each other. And I'm trying to push you out the way when really you're better at this, this particular part, you know, and vice versa. So I think that's the biggest challenge is just learning how to, you know, put the puzzle pieces together. You know, we're, we're, we're working on, who should be doing what as far as the roles are concerned. I mean, obviously, we know that I handle most of the installs, but when it comes to a lot of the business side, we've done a lot of talking about like, who should do this, who should do that. You head up most of the social media, but it's interesting because I started up the Instagram page, and so I kind of control it for the most part, even though you have access to it. Mm-hmm. And now that you're starting to post stuff to it and reply to comments and stuff, it's kind of making me uneasy. <laughs> and it's, it's just because that was, you know... That was the social that I started, and I'm so connected to. Yeah, and my know? tone is different from your tone in on Instagram. The way you would talk to people on Instagram is not the way that I would talk to people. And so, like, today it came up where John was like, you know, some of these people that are messaging me, I actually know these people. And I don't know that. I'm thinking right, you have no regular, way of regular. Yeah. And even, even the, ones, the ones in particular who messaged you today... Um, I don't know them personally, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the people I have met in person a couple times, but, you know, do I know his name and he know mine? No. You know, we just come across each other in this car, you know, car scene mm-hmm. a few times. But it's so it's not so much 
that I want to talk to them like they're my homies. But but you wouldn't say like on um, like I put some ads out on Facebook Messenger and not I mean on Facebook Marketplace and then people who don't know me don't know John don't know anything mm-hmm. would message and ask questions and I would respond with Hey thank you for your inquiry da 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 like right. John like that's the kind of things that he's saying that should not be said on Instagram to people that he knows through. The car club scene or, you know, through being a friend of a friend or whatever. Well, you know, like, uh, <laughs> through the years, I've kind of teased you for being robotic, <laughs> you know, when it comes to everything. I mean, even with me, sometimes you're robotic. I am a robot. You know, it's we true. talk about paying bills or whatever it yeah, may be, you know. Uh, it's, it's, and so it's more of me trying to, to not feel that way. I want people to feel comfortable yeah. um, with talking to me about spending their money, mm-hmm. basically. You know, and so I think there's a there's kind of this thin line that you have to teeter, in my opinion. Um, you want them to be comfortable and feel like you're a good person and they can relax around you and talk to you, but you also don't want them to feel like you're some kind of shade tree guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? You want them to feel like you're official at the same time. And so there's a balance in there as far as how robotic we are when we're responding to people. But I don't want it to seem too robotic, especially if it's somebody who I know could have seen me around. Yeah. You know. Could have ran into me and said, hey, what's up? I like your car before. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's all it is. Like I said, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm anybody's best friend. But I also don't want it to seem like I don't have any idea who you are when I actually do. Right. You know. So, I'm off Instagram duty. But- no, you're not <laughs> off Instagram duty. I mean, the thing I told her earlier today, I was like, well, look, when you're going to respond to Instagram posts or you see a, um, a DM on Instagram, just tell me who said it. Mm-hmm. And that, that just clears it up. Still, I don't have any problem with you responding to it, but I would like to know who said it because that lets me know if whatever your generic response is going to be, hey, thanks for contacting us, this and that, this and that. You know, the 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 strictly professional response, mm-hmm. whether it's like warranted or not. Right. As a small business, we get, um, I mean, we, we haven't gotten, we haven't got rolling, what I would consider get rolling yet. We, you know, we're doing a little bit, but a lot of our business right now is going to come from word of mouth. Yeah, And so that's, I think, why it's important to me for us to feel like we're that people or that company that you can talk to, you know, that you can be friends with and, you know, we're going to help you out. Right. So what advice would you give to somebody who might be thinking about starting a business, starting a business in general and starting a business with their spouse? All right. Starting a business with the spouse. Let me touch on that for a second. If you're going to start a business with your spouse, my advice is... That you all, to the best of your ability, keep the business part of it inside the business. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the biggest thing I think. Unfortunately, you and I haven't had that issue yet. You're not gonna be able to do it 100. You know, you live with somebody, you're married to them, you sleep in the bed with them every night. You know, if you piss them off while y'all working on the business, yeah, they're gonna be pissed off that night still. <laughs> but <laughs> but do do your best to ensure that you're not letting what's going on in the business affect your personal life too much. Mm-hmm. You know, and not letting the business take over your personal life. Like, they, like don't get what... Uh, don't let the business take over your personal lives. Don't get it confused what's the most important. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what I would say to somebody who's going to do it with their spouse. Now, as far as starting a business, period, my advice is to just do it. You know, just jump out there and go for it. You can sit there and research all day long. You know... <laughs> I did a lot of research myself about different aspects of this business, but the bottom line is until you jump out there, you really don't know what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really tell. So I just say go for it. 
if that's what you really want to do. That'd be my advice. Which is funny because my advice is opposite. If you want to start a business, I would say do lots of research. Research your competitors, research your market, do research on who you think your target is. Uh, In this particular case, me and John, actually, I think that we have two different targets in mind. I think what John offers is a service that is expensive. Um, Even though John is offering it for a price less than what other people are offering it for, I still think some people perceive it to be expensive. And so I'm thinking that we should be targeting older people, you know, with a little bit more disposable income, while John feels like mm-hmm. he's finding mm-hmm. old, people more... are, old people are responsible. You want to find the young ones <laughs> who's just going to blow the money, even <laughs> right. though they shouldn't be. That's what he's looking for. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's not, that's not true. I'm joking. But we do have a, a slight difference um, in opinion. I'll let you finish, though. I mean, that was it, really. Just like older people with more disposable income versus, and I think those people are living on, like we had a, uh, I wouldn't call it an argument, but a disagreement about whether or not he needed to have a website and a Facebook page and things like that. And I'm saying like the people who you want shopping with you are on Facebook and they're going to be looking for a website. They're going to want to know want to know that you're legit. And John's just over here like, well, I mean, I think Instagram will work. You know, I think I can get my, <laughs> not that you said, oh, yeah, I think well, only Instagram will work, but you felt like you could really establish your presence on Instagram. And, well, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. The, what it was at that time, we were talking priorities, basically. We were just getting it started up. And I think that another thing that I, I could say that I learned about you is when you're given a new project, you kind of dive in and go all directions. All at once, I'm a little different. Like, I like to start in one area, focus on it. Okay, I got that. I figured it out. Let me do it. Move on to the next. And I kind of grow in that way. Mm -hmm. And I felt like when we were trying to start it up that you wanted to go in every direction. It was like, all right, get a website, get business cards, get um, social media pages, start looking for places to rent out, you know, Let's get this license, that license. And it was just like everything all at once. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, let's start small and focus on a concentrated area. Because I think if, and I don't know about you, but if I get too scatterbrained where I'm trying to put my hands in too many things or reach out in too many different directions, I get to where I'm not doing any of them well. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm a person who prides myself on, the, on being able to do a lot of different things well. And people who know me, they get to know that, you know, the longer that they know me. Mm-hmm. And so that's what my thing is. The reason that I'm that way is because when I find something new, I'll focus on that thing and that thing only until I've almost mastered it, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain extent. And then I move on. And that allows me to be able to pick up a bunch of different things and retain a lot of information. But if I'm trying to do too much at once, it doesn't work that way. I right. never learned that way. So that was the difference. Um, what I was saying about the website and stuff is not that we didn't need one. But, of course, in a lot of these things that we were doing trying to start this business, there was cost involved, mm-hmm. you know. And we don't have a, a large amount of disposable income, you know. And so, <laughs> so, right, basically. So, so I'm, I guess, being careful to a certain extent about where I'm deciding to put the money at what time, mm-hmm. you know, because that's an investment, a big investment, just to start everything up. And so my thing with the website was just I don't think we need it right now. I think your social media presence is huge right now. It's, it's really big. Like, even at your job, is it a bigger focus on managing your company's website or on managing your company's social media? Our website doesn't get updated very often. But that's my point. But y'all still function. Yeah. 
that was my point is that in today's world your social media presence is more important than your website but i also believe that a website is one of the easiest ways to establish yourself as something legitimate Right, and that's what yeah. I was trying to say. And I, I agree like, with you. I, I just didn't think if, it was. If I'm shopping around for a business that I'm gonna give my money to, I want to know that they are real. They really um, exist, and they're not just. I'm not sure that that's true either, because you you, you don't would, think I would look for them to have a website. I would look for legitimacy. You're like, saying shopping around people to give your money to, but you're the type of person who will. Let's just use your hair for example. Um, you'll go to the girl that you know does hair and go to her house and get get it braided there rather than go to the the shop and get your hair braided. That's hair. That's because that's it's more expensive to go to the shop and get it braided. But again, that's a difference in who we're targeting. Yeah, but there's people in my in our <laughs> industry the same way who they'll rather go down the street to the guy who can hook them up and do it for the good price than to go to the mainstream shop that's going to charge them four times that much. It, it, it's in both. I'm just, all I'm saying is that I don't think that you always look for the business to have a website in order to decide that you're going to do business with them. I, hair is a bad example. If we're talking about surfacing my car, something that I have to use to get to and from work or doing something for my house, an electrician, I wouldn't hire any electrician off Craigslist. I would look for a real electrician. The funny thing is, though, you probably get a worse electrician that way. <laughs> Coming from somebody who does electrical work, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen what you know some of these big mainstream companies do as far as their work when they come to your house, how much they charge you, you know. And I know for a fact that I or my father or even some of the other guys that I know in the industry are better, much better electricians. I but believe I you, but, but I don't have just, a if I'm gonna invite somebody <laughs> to my home to come in my home and do some work on my home, I want to have some sort of security knowing that. I at least did some research and know that this is a legitimate business. Same with my car. If I'm going to be leaving my car with somebody for mm -hmm. a few days, I want to know that I'm not signing myself yeah. up for. <laughs> and I, you know, I get, I get that. I understand that. But they may, that may be why we have a bit of a difference in opinion on that because, you know, I, I get jobs where people are asking me to do it just based on what they heard. You know, yeah, you're a lady right. will call me and say, hey, I need this light switch looked at. You know, because she don't want to go pay, uh, you know, $300 to have some company come out there and look at her light switch. You know what I'm saying? So that could be that could be why we have that difference in opinion, because I see the other side of it. I see the people who do trust the guy without the website to come do the work because the cost is more important to them. And just for me starting out, I think that is is I think I'm more likely to catch those people, mm -hmm. the ones who are cost concerned but who want to do this at the same time. Just because I am a small business, a very small business right now, mm -hmm. it's just you and I. I think that the people who have a lot of disposable income that you were talking about are the ones who are going to the big shops to get their stuff done. And I'm not exactly trying to steal business from the big shops right now. I'm trying to tap into a market. And we, we haven't had this conversation, which, which may be a big part of this, um, confusion also. The podcast also helps our marriage for anyone who didn't know because <laughs> sometimes we're listening to it or we're talking and we uncover things yeah, to we each do. other. <laughs> we do. And I, I'm, I'm just talking about this, I realized we never talked about this. With my business, I'm not trying to pull business from any of the other shops and stuff that are out there doing what I do. What I'm trying to do is tap into a gap that I feel like is there for people who are interested in this service, who really like this service, but who can't quite afford to go to those shops. Mm -hmm. The people like me, 
mm-hmm. who I consider myself to be before starting this business. The whole reason that I started this thing up, and I tell people this all the time, I'm sorry, I sound like a broken record eventually, um, is that I would work on my own cars just as a passion and an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And people would always see it and say, man, that looks good. How much would you charge me to do that mm-hmm. to my car? How much would you charge me to do this to my car? And I'm like, man, you know, I just work on my own stuff because I'm cheap. You know, I don't want to take it to nobody else. So if I can do it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. You know, and so those are the people that I'm trying to get. The people like me who's like, man, you know, I, I'd really love to have my car wrapped, but whoo. You know, three, four, five thousand dollars is just that's not in the budget right now. Right. You know, and so that's what I'm trying to do. And I think it'll help me. Um, it'll help me gain experience. It'll help me build clientele. You know, it'll, it'll help me promote myself by getting more work out there. All those things leading up to me becoming one of those shops where the people with a lot of money are coming to me because they know I can get it done right. And I'm official and I'm everything that the rest of the the rest of the shops are that are doing this, you know. So it was just, it's, I'm trying to use the people in that situation as a stepping stone. And hopefully they'll grow with me. You know, as my business grows, they'll grow in their careers and the things that they're doing to the point where they'll keep coming to me, even when I grow. You know? Yeah, no, we've never had this conversation. Right. <laughs> I, I, I just realized that just now. So that, that's probably part of why we misunderstand each other. Okay. This podcast episode was brought to you by Lace by J5. Get Lace before you hit the streets. <laughs> <laughs> We'll work on your commercial, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, well, so I was saying advice I would give someone to start a business is do a lot of research. So you can take that for what I believe or what John believes, but I definitely think... Okay, let's talk about this. What do you consider to be starting a business? What does it mean to have started a business to you? Because I think a lot of people have really different definitions of this. I would say soliciting people to pay you for a service. That's my definition of starting a business. Okay. In that sense, I would agree with do a lot of research. That's not what I necessarily consider to start a business. Okay. I mean, literally start a business. Like going to get a business license. Right. Coming up with a name, coming up with a logo if that's needed, all those types of things. To me, that's starting the business. Because you can start a business, you can have a business for... Who knows how long before you're actually soliciting clients or customers, in my opinion. You know, I worked on logos and all this kind of stuff, and I, I kind of game planned a little bit. I used our own vehicles as test subjects, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, research with my industry and what I was doing. And all, I mean, I did do all that before right, I went exactly. out there and started soliciting people to come give me their money. Yeah. So in that sense, I agree. But what I mean is that if you get caught up, in my opinion, if you get caught up in the research too much, you'll find yourself just researching forever. That's what I think. So I think at a certain point, you got to just get out there and do it. You got to make it a real thing, mm-hmm. you know, because then it's like, all right, there ain't no turning back now. I did this. You know, I took my first step. It makes you feel good. You know, I spent a lot of money. I mean, to me, a lot of money. <laughs> Probably maybe not to some of our listeners, but when it came to... <laughs> yeah, when it came to getting my actual business license, registering with the Secretary of State, going down to my local city hall to get my business registered and pay taxes and all that kind of stuff, I spent a lot of money doing those things, but it made me feel good when I started getting those pieces of paperwork that had my business name on there and had my tax ID numbers attached to them and all those things. It made me feel good. I had accomplished something. I was really doing this. Mm-hmm. you know. And that's the part I'm talking about. If you want to do it, get out there and do it. Now, I'm not saying wake up, you know, tomorrow and be like, you know what I want to do? I want to be a um, custom cake designer. 
and you ain't never designed a cake in your life and just go start your business up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I'm saying once you got that idea and you you pretty sure that's what you want to do, yeah, I say get out there and go for it, make it official. That's what I mean by starting a business. Oh, okay. Starting a business with your spouse, I would say be patient. Definitely that. <laughs> be slow to speak. There are times where John and I both have to tiptoe around what we're trying to say to each other because let's use him doing work for example and he lays down knifeless tape and I've never seen knifeless tape before and I'm like what is this string doing here you know I have to ask I have to be very careful about the way I use my words because me asking a question like that is like it's knifeless tape it's part of the process it comes off when I'm done it helps me keep my line straight you know and then with him if I'm not cutting paper correctly or going in the right direction, <laughs> I can hear him like get agitated. But he, you know, he purposely takes, trying to stay calm. He at the same stay. Time. He tries to stay yeah. calm, and he'll start asking me, "Well, did you know? Could you do it like this next time instead? You know, so it's the big thing. Is, <laughs> you know, the big thing for me is like understanding. You have to communicate. And we have to be speaking the same language to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the problem is we're not speaking the same language. Yeah, that's true too. You know, that's true. And too. so that's why when those times when I get agitated, but you you hear my voice, but you can hear me also not raising my voice. Any of those things starting to ask a lot of questions. I'm really trying to understand. I'm like, all right, there's an issue here, and it can be fixed. Let me find out as much information as possible so I can try to do it. You know, do my part at least to fix this communication issue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm. That's what I'm doing when that's happening. But yes, I I agree. You have to be patient and you do have to be careful about, you know, what you say when you say it. Right. Right. I would also say this one might not be a good one, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Remember who's boss. So (laughs) in this instance, this is John's business. He registered with the secretary of state. He got all the tax documents and everything like that. My name is not on anything. And so if I, when I question decisions that he's making or things that he wants to do and how he wants to go about things, if he doesn't agree with me, you know, I'll state my case. This is why I think what I think. Here you go. Do what you want with that. But at the end of the day, it's your business mm-hmm. and it's your vision. And I'm only here to help you grow and help it succeed. So, <laughs> so I don't know if that necessarily work for everybody but i don't know what do you think um <laughs> i mean i agree i think you 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 should state your case because if i didn't want you here if mm-hmm. i didn't want you to be a part of this uh, you wouldn't be i'd be pushing you away every mm-hmm. chance i got but that's not that's not the case and i just try to bring different perspective like a person can only think the way that they think so i try to think from a perspective of i'm not in the car industry i don't know a lot about this so break this down to me as someone who is interested in getting car customizations just because I like having my own thing but I'm not a car girl what do you how do you explain all these things to me you know right no I mean it's good to have that that um that viewpoint because I don't have that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah I mean that's that's a big thing I mean one of the other huge benefits to working with your spouse is that you know that somebody's got your back. You know that somebody's in your corner the whole time. So no matter how many disagreements we have, I know that you're coming from the best place possible, you know. Oh yeah. It's not to hurt you or right. harm. When you want when you're asking questions or, or even when we're disagreeing, I know that 
what you're saying, what you're doing, you want the best for me in this company. You know, that's a, a big bonus to having your spouse working with you, I would say. Yeah, definitely. That is true. Lace by J5. Go to www.lacebyj5 oh, for God. more information. You're going to run off all the customers with these weak-ass commercials. <laughs> Where's the theme music? <laughs> You're supposed to have cars doing burnouts in the background and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Music blasting. And she's supposed to be my uh, my marketing director. <laughs> If you're looking for a job as a marketing director for a local automotive customization company, please email Lace by J5. <laughs> <laughs> we may have a position opening up soon. That's that's messed up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the best and worst. What you got this week? Best and worst. I don't know. We kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, well, let me reiterate it. Go on, go on and ask you. <laughs> What's the best and worst? part about working with your spouse me working with me well me go first yeah okay well yeah i just touched on this best part the best part is that i know 100 percent without a doubt that you have uh you have me number one on your priority list you know what's best for me what's gonna work for me you always got my back i know that no matter how much i disagree with you or how different or strange your methods may be mm-hmm. that is one thing that i know is that you got my back. And no matter how close you are with, you know, friends and buddies and stuff who may have a similar interests as you, you, you can never really trust them the way you can trust your spouse. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. That's true. So that's, that's how, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah that's the, so it's, for me, that's the best thing. You know, if you that, succeed, I succeed. If you fail, I fail. That's yeah. I so that coupled with, you know, always having your best friend next to you, you know, when it comes to this stuff, that helps, you know, even in my, um, my everyday job, <laughs> It helps when I'm working around my friends mm-hmm. versus just the guys that I know and I'm cool with. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just makes the work easier, makes it more fun. You know, so that's that's the best part about working with you. The worst part is the whole toddler syndrome. Oh, definitely damn. the worst part. That's the worst. <laughs> and this came to light. It's funny. Dasha got the idea for this podcast shortly <laughs> after I had first experienced this. And I was like, ooh, I already know what the worst is. Like, I know it. It's the worst. Yeah. Me trying to tell that's you something. That's what made me want to talk about it, though, because I was like... Yeah, me trying to I know tell I'm you showing something. him a different side of me right now that you he'll ne- that he would never see if he never worked with me. And it's like we have the conversation like you are trying to learn this, right? You you understand that I'm trying to teach you and you're trying to learn. But as soon as I say something, it's like you're challenging it instantly and asking a bunch of questions, got an attitude. I'm like, you can just go in the other room <laughs> and I'll do this myself. Like I don't have this, I don't have to stand for this. <laughs> that is without a doubt the worst part. The funny thing, so you know how we were just talking about what interests me. I think if you notice when you're doing things, like when you were working on my car, I wasn't really interested. There's no profit there. There's no, I mean, there was a learning opportunity there, but it's only when customers are bringing us their cars where I'm like, oh, okay, how can I make this go faster? What can I do to help? You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to do all those things to make your productivity faster. I'm trying to cut paper. I'm trying to measure. I'm, you know, and, but that's the only time that I'm interested in. When it, when there's, so I guess it has something to do with maybe like pressure, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, we both know that your calling is helping people. Yeah. Helping other people, not me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I think, so when we have a customer, I think you get genuinely interested in trying to, um, help their project move along sp- uh, smoothly. Yeah. You know, so I think that's what it is. Right. 
Um, best for me, I would say, is the time spent. The latest project that we worked on, John and I stayed up. Well, I stayed up till 6, and I tapped out about 6 o'clock because I was like, okay, John, we're done here. It's time to go to sleep. <laughs> and John was like, I mean, you gave me coffee now, and I'm still up, so I might as well stay up. So he was up till 7, but I went in the room. I wasn't even asleep because I didn't feel right just abandoning the project like the work wasn't done but <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was and it wasn't it was a situation where i was just trying to squeeze in as much as i could yeah yeah but so we stayed up till about 7 a.m working on something and so i would say those are the best moments for me um when we finally make it big we're definitely gonna look back on that night and we'll we'll have it yeah i told her, i said this would be one of the stories we're able to tell our kids you know yeah. about the grind and the long nights and stuff we definitely having those yeah so. trying to figure out ways to keep each other entertained and <laughs> you know how you know when you get sleepy you just get goofy just start doing all kind of stuff but um what's your worst we disagree. I would say we have gotten into more disagreements or uh, mm-hmm. than in in these past few months than we have in our whole four years of being in a relationship. <laughs> That's probably so. true. Here's the thing. And I touched on this a little bit earlier. It, it's funny. We both stand our ground on it, and we're just like, like we'll we will agree to disagree, and we're done here. You know, like. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, like I said, I know I touched on this a little bit earlier. Like when you when I did your car, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't even want me to touch your car. <laughs> You're like, no, I like it the way it is. I don't want you to customize it. If you want to do something, you maybe you can do this, but no, you're not gonna wrap it. I don't want it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. You are a person who is about as uninterested in um, <laughs> vehicle customizations as can be. <laughs> You just don't you know you can live without it you don't need it you don't want it you don't care no and so i like this it's the little things i like the small details well for the person who feels that way but a whole color change was a bit drastic for me yes. right but for a person who feels that way about like a whole color change to come try to tell me about design aspects i'm like ask i ask tell i ask john <laughs> does that, you, is that gonna look good next to that that's what i, I listen to that tone though <laughs> Is that going to look good next to that? That's like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> what are you doing with that? No, that's ugly. And I'm like, you don't even do, th- like, you don't customize nothing. <laughs> if, it was, if you had it your way, everything would be bland. <laughs> the whole but, world would be but, bland. No but, sauce. <laughs> but again, I'm speaking from the perspective of, like, we have one girl, one of my coworkers, she wanted to get, she wants to refresh her car. She wants to. She wanted to get it painted, and we were talking. I told her about wraps and what we were doing and stuff, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds cool." So she is really only coming to us just because she wants to refresh her car and give it a a, a new look, you know, mm-hmm. bring spruce it up a little bit. She doesn't care about car customizations. She cares about her car looking good. So that's why I'm like, you know, are you sure that this is gonna? All right. Satisfy. All right, so check this, this out. This customer's need. The same person you're talking about, your coworker. <laughs> he came home and he was like, "Well, she wants like either this color or that color." And I said, "Well, what about one of these that kind of changes color?" And you took the samples to work, and what did she like? She liked the color changing one. Right. That's because <laughs> I'm the one with the eye for the customization. 
whether it be a refresh or not, you know, just somebody wanting to spruce something up. If I can spruce it up and make it better, mm-hmm. not just as good as it was, you know, if I can spruce it up and make it better than what it was, you know, before it got run down or whatever, then that's a bonus for them. Mm-hmm. But to a certain extent, when you take your car, this is my opinion because I, you know, I have customized pretty much every car I've ever owned, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you take it to somewhere where you trust them, like you trust their vision too, at least me personally. Mm-hmm. Like I won't just pull my car up to anywhere. I'm taking it somewhere where I kind of trust their vision too as far as what they're going to do to it and what they kind of see, mm-hmm. you know. And so when people come to me like that who are not really into car customization and stuff like that and just want to refresh or maybe just want something different or had a little extra money and always wanted their car to be cool, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling like they're trusting me and my vision to help bring that to life, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's why I'm that like that's why I'm protective when you, or defensive when you start talking about stuff because I'm like you're attacking my vision, asking, asking Whatever. about stuff. You're attacking. I ask attacking my art to make sure <laughs> you've thought about this from the customer's perspective. Yeah, but that's good. I mean, I, I, I have no problem with that. Just, you know, get used to it. I'm going to always be defensive. Um, and call it Tyrone. And call it's Tyrone. Eric Badu said, keep in mind, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. That's how she started the song like, before she <laughs> performed it the first time. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Just keep that in mind, like Erica said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Anything else? Is there any specific moments you've particularly enjoyed that you can think of? Uh, I would say our first two customers, our first two real customers, because, you know, you and I were the first customers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but our first two real customers, I really appreciate the way that you, like, you had even told your friends, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because I'm working this weekend, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what you were talking about working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that. It was a little bit, I was a little surprised. I mean, I wasn't totally surprised, but I was a little surprised that once I got, you know, real customers in that you were like, all right, yeah, here I am. I'm ready to work because mm-hmm. you didn't do that on your car. At all. <laughs> at all, not even a little bit. So yeah, that surprised me, but um, I appreciate that though. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, any final thoughts? Final words? Um, I think mean, I covered. I've covered what I think. If you want to start a business, get out there and do it. I've got another friend, and we we talk all the time. Um, he called me the other day because he just passed me on the road, and he's trying to start his business up. I'm starting mine up. And every time we talk, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell we're both both we're both passionate about both of our ideas, and it's cool to have somebody like that that you can kind of bounce stuff off of and like relate to mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, if y'all want to start a business and get out there and do it, you know, if you want to start a podcast, get out there and do it. Um, what lies in the den? Stop rec- stop procrastinating. <laughs> you know who we're talking to, <laughs> right? <laughs> stop procrastinating. Get out there and do it. But that's it. That's it for me. Uh, nothing for me. Yeah, I just want to say we appreciate everybody for listening. The avid listeners, people sometimes ask me, did y'all have a podcast come out this week? I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. And you know, that's part of my fault because <laughs> I've got so much going on with the Lace by J5 stuff that I I don't have as much free time to dive into the podcast. But, you know, we just, I just wanted to just shout everybody out, especially those who are looking for it. We appreciate y'all support. And even on the Lace by J5 project, people... Yeah, that too. Retweet. Um, not retweet. We're not. Lace by J5 is not on Twitter. But uh, 
That's because J Five ain't on Twitter. Repost things and tell their friends and share and tell their parents and you know we we really are appreciative because word of mouth is the best marketing. You can advertise all day, all night, but if nobody can vouch for you or your work, then it's nothing. It's dead. I agree. We've gotten an overwhelming amount of support from our friends. Yeah. Friends and family. And we do appreciate that. All right. Well, I am Dasha. And J5. And we are Tripping, Tripping Over, over the, the Broom. broom. <laughs> Follow us at Lace oh, J5. God, just cut it, just cut it off. <laughs> just cut it off right now. We also do custom tees and uh, vinyl so items. you don't even know what we do. We can do t-shirts, bridesmaids, groomsmen. Lace by J5. Preach. Thank you for checking out Tripping Over the Broom. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Tripping Over the Broom and Twitter at T-O-B underscore podcast for more information about upcoming episodes. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. Subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes and SoundCloud. Any questions you would like us to answer or topics you want to discuss, send an email to trippingoverthebroom at gmail.com. Until next time, it's J5 and Dasha, and we're Tripping Tripping Over over the the broom. Broom.